you work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This holiday, there's zero fees to switch. Right now, get high-speed data for just $25 a line for four lines. That's Metro's lowest price, period. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your holiday. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com. Well, get your Bibles wherever you are. And we're going to the Word of God. Today is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, and we have gathered around our devices and around this one thing, that Jesus got up from the grave. Our text is found in Luke's Gospel, Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. I need you all to pray for me because one of the things about Good Friday and Easter, Holy Week and Easter is that as I read the scriptures, just even for my own personal edification, I want to preach everything. (laughs) There is so much in there to preach. If you were with us uh, on Good Friday, I talked to you from the subject observations at the cross. What a phenomenal time we had. I want to encourage you, if you did not see it, go back and watch it on Facebook or on Ustream or if you're a member of the church or, or you have the app on our app. But there is so much about the, the final week of his life and the final day of his life and then what happened after he began a new life. I, there's so much that I want to preach, but I'm going to limit myself today to chapter 24 of Luke's gospel, verses 1 through 3. Now, I know you're in your house, but wherever you are, and if you can, I want you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. Three verses, Luke 24, verses 1 through 3. When you have it, say amen. I want to hear you. Say amen. amen. I, I heard you. I heard you. Good, good, good. Here begins the reading of God's word. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. They entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. That third verse is our text. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. So far, the scripture, Father, bless this word and charge it with your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says on the first day of the week, Sunday, they came very early in the morning to the sepulcher, bringing spices which they had prepared. Who, who, who is the scripture talking about? It's talking about three women, the two Marys and Salome. These three women if you look at the end of the 23rd chapter, it said that when they buried him, these three women came and saw where the tomb was and saw where he was laid. Because you must understand the death of Jesus was a cataclysmic event for those that loved him. 
for those that followed him. They had hoped, they had hoped that he would bring redemption. Now, they thought redemption meant to be released from the oppression of the Roman uh, Empire. But, but they had hoped in him. And, and, and the Bible says that having hoped in him, their hopes were dashed when he is on the cross. And after hanging on the cross for all those Hours. He did not come down from the cross. So there's a great there's a great gospel song that says that he did not come down from the cross. He did not do what he could do. There's a hymn that says he could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. Even on the cross, he had a choice as to whether or not to die. But I want to tell you, as we talked about on Friday, he died. He died. Now, now I know there are skeptics. There are those that say, well, I don't believe that Jesus died. I think maybe he just fainted or faked it. I want to ask you something. How, when's the last time you had to check a dead body? Uh, when's the last time you had to certify somebody's death? I, even in the 21st century, they won't just let anybody certify death. You have to be qualified. So how are you in the 21st century qualified to talk about what happened in the first century? Who, 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 who accredited you to give you the right to say Jesus didn't die? When those who were there, those who were eyewitnesses, those who were at the cross on the day they said he died. By the way, the, 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 the scripture says that there was a Roman centurion who, who certified his death because you must understand something. Uh, now that man is qualified to talk about death because you don't become a centurion unless you kill a lot of people. So this man had seen death. He had, he had smelled death. He had witnessed death. And this man, who was more qualified than any atheist or anyone who would look at the text and say he didn't die, the man who was there, he was in the room where it happened. And he said, this man died. So Jesus was certified dead. He was certified dead. Not only was he certified dead, he was buried. The Bible says they took him down and put him in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And, and they, they say that he was put in the tomb. And if you study, that, that's a special tomb. It's an upper class tomb. It's the kind of tomb that somebody who had money would be buried in. You, you know, even in death, you, you, your financial status can be seen. That's a whole nother sermon. But, 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 but they put him in, it's called a bench tomb. And those of you that have been with me or have traveled to Israel, we have entered into a bench tomb where, and we see that how it was, he was laid on the bench of the tomb. But not only was he buried in the tomb, I want to add to you the, 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 the notion that he was sealed in the tomb. That they, they rolled a stone and the stone blocked the tomb. And then we understand that, that not only was the stone there, but there was a seal on the stone, a Roman seal that said, don't touch this. It's similar to what you see if you ever go by a crime scene and there's that yellow tape that says, do not cross this police activity unless you are authorized. You better not cross that tape. That tape is so flimsy. You could break that tape. You could tear it with your physical strength. But you know, if you mess with that tape, the force of the city will come on you. 
So with that flimsy little tape, you stand behind and you watch and you look and you ask people what's going on, but you don't go in because that tape is a seal that says you are not authorized to go in. And so the Roman government put a seal on the stone that said you are not authorized to touch this tomb. And if that's not enough, is that not enough? The, the Bible tells us that not only did they put a stone and a seal, but they had soldiers. God, I feel like preaching. The, the, the stone was there, but the seal was there. And then in addition to the seal, which should have been enough, they had guards, soldiers that stood out there in front of the seal to say, if you even think about it, I've got something for you. I, I did say for you, for, um, for you. And so, and so, so the, he was not only buried, he was sealed by Rome and guarded by the soldiers. Oh, what a, what a bleak scene. He's died. Terrible death. Crucified. Hung up on a cross. Cursed is he who hangs on the tree. He's died. Seemingly lost everything. Buried and sealed and guarded by the soldiers. But on the third day, <laughs> on the third day, the Bible says on the first day of the week, early in the morning, they came. Can you see the women? The other, the other gospels tell us as they were coming, they spoke amongst themselves. Who is going to roll the stone away? My Lord, notice, notice, they're not even sure they could do what the will of God is for them in their heart. They are not even sure that they have all the things necessary, but they're coming anyway. Can I tell you, that's part of our problem. You want all the answers before you take a step. You want all the answers before you make a move. But let's learn from these women. They didn't have all the answers. They didn't know how the stone was going to be rolled away. They didn't know what they could do. But even not knowing, they took a step. They started moving towards that tomb. And I want to tell you, God has given you an assignment. And your responsibility is to start moving. You might not have all the money, but start moving. You might not have all the contacts, but start moving. You might not have all that you need in place, but if the Lord is with you, he'll make a way out of no way. If the Lord is with you, he'll turn things around. If the Lord is with you, by the time you get to where you need to get to, God will have already worked it out. It's not your job to work it out. It's your job, like I said on Friday, to obey Obey, obey, whether he has given you a commandment or even if he's given you an in intuition. Sometimes God speaks to us through intuition, just give you, why don't you try this? And you start saying, well, well, Lord, I don't know, and I don't have no help, and nobody, don't, don't worry about that. If the Lord has given it to you, he's going to work it out somehow. Somebody, wherever you are, slap your neighbor and say, somehow. <laughs> now, 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 now. Now, they come, they come. These three women, these three women, the two Marys and Salome. Some people say Salome's name was also Mary, so it's the three Marys. Some scholars say her name was also Mary. They come, they come, they come not knowing what they're going to find. They come not knowing what they're going to see. But they come, and the Bible says when they get there, they find that the stone has already been rolled away. Because God is always going to make a way for those he has given an assignment to. I want to tell you,
God has already thought it out and he's already thought it through. All he needs from you is your obedience to take the step of faith. Somebody say, take a step of faith. Tell yourself, take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. The Bible says that they got there. And when they found, they got there, they go into the, to the, to the tomb and they find that his body is not there. Ooh. Okay, this is traumatic. Now, we know the end of the story. But, 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 but think about the crisis you've been in. When you're in the middle of the crisis, you, you, it's, it's hard to see the end from the beginning. When they see that the body is not there, they go into a panic. Because they, they don't understand where is the body. But some of us have lost loved ones. Suppose you went back to the, to, the, to the cemetery where they were buried and you go to the plot and the lot where they were supposed to be and you get there and you find that the grave is open and the body of your loved one is not there. You would lose your good mind. You would go off on the undertaker and the people. What happened to the body? Well, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. The Bible says that his body was not there. Because he was resurrected. Now, let me make this clear to you. His body was not moved and his body was not stolen. His body was not there because he got up. Listen to me very carefully. The Sanhedrin was motivated to kill Jesus. And then they were motivated to seal him in the tomb. It was the, the high priest who went back to Pilate and said, this man and his followers said he'd be, he, after three days, he would get back up. So we need you to seal the tomb and put some guards out there. That was done by the Sanhedrin because they were motivated not just to kill him, but to seal him in. So if his body was stolen, if his body was moved by his disciples or by anybody, do you not know they would have been motivated to find that body? They would have scoured Jerusalem. They would have sent their, their disciples and their spies everywhere because if they could have found his body, Christianity would have been aborted before it took hold. Because the only claim of Christianity that makes us different from Islam and from Judaism and from Hinduism and Buddhism, the only thing that makes us different is that we say Jesus got up from the grave. We all agree, live good. We all agree, treat people right. We all agree, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. All religions teach that. But what no other religion can say is that their God died for them and then got up with all power in his hand. So if the Sanhedrin could have found the body, they would have stopped Christianity before it began. And just as they were motivated to kill him, they were motivated to seal him, they were motivated to find that body. But they couldn't find the body. You know why? Because the empty tomb is evidence. The empty tomb is evidence that he's not there. The empty tomb testifies that you killed him, but you couldn't keep him. <laughs> the empty tomb is a witness. It's a witness for the prosecution that the father said you gave him your best shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You, you did all that you could humanly do to him. But this empty tomb is a sign that I have power over death. And the empty tomb is a witness to all humanity. It's a witness to all eternity that Jesus died, but he got back up. That Jesus died, but he arose up from the grave. He arose with the mighty triumph or his foes. He arose, the victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. Somebody right in your house, wherever you are, shout, he arose. Mm. The empty tomb is evidence. The empty tomb testifies. And the empty tomb is a witness. What is it a witness to? That death doesn't win. I said it's a witness that death doesn't win. The empty tomb is a witness that death loses to life. Now see, that doesn't make sense in the natural. Because in the natural, if you're born, you know you're going to die. But the empty tomb tells us that while that is the natural course of events, there is a supernatural thing that goes on with the believer that we understand death doesn't win and that death has to give way to life. Can I tell you something? The empty tomb also tells us that Friday has to make way for Sunday. Oh, God, if y'all were in the room, we'd be shouting right now. That Friday, no matter how bad Friday is, no matter how difficult Friday is, if you can just live through Friday and live through Sunday, baby, Saturday, just get to Sunday. If you get to Sunday, you're going to see God's power. If you can just get to Sunday, you're going to see God do something supernatural. I don't know who I'm talking to in this city or somewhere around the world, but I want to tell you, don't give up now because Friday has to give way to Sunday. Friday has to make way for Sunday. Your struggle and your defeat has got to make way for your success because Friday has got to make way for Sunday. The empty tomb tells us that Friday is not the end. Friday is but a temporary inconvenience because Sunday is coming. If you can make it to Sunday, God is going to blow your mind. If you can make it to Sunday, God is going to show you that he's got all power. Just make it to Sunday, baby. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you throw in the towel. It might be Friday, but Sunday is coming. Lift your head and shout, yeah. The empty tomb reminds us not only that death doesn't win and that death gives way to life, but it also reminds us that weeping may endure for a night. But that joy comes in the morning. Oh, God, I feel like shouting right here. I want to tell some of you 
who are in the midst of a weeping season. Some of you who are sick and your body is weak, that's all right. Weeping may endure for a night, but I got God's word on this. Joy is coming. Strength is coming. Life is coming. It's all going to come back. I decree and release over your body right now. Joy, strength, health. Joy, strength, health. Joy, strength, health. Joy, strength, health. Somebody praise him for joy, strength, and health. Oh! Oh! The empty tomb, the empty tomb reminds us that there's power. That Jesus has power. That you ain't seen nothing yet. He's got power. What, what, what is amazing to me about this fact that the tomb, the tomb is empty. The tomb, the tomb is empty. The tomb, in case I didn't tell you that's, that's the title of our sermon today. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. And, and what's, what's amazing to me is because for us right now, we understand this thing about empty because we're living in a time that we never thought we would see. Stadiums are empty. Movie theaters are empty. Broadway theaters are empty. Stores are empty. Restaurants are empty. Dare I say it? Churches are empty. But with all those things that are empty, I want to remind you, the tomb is empty. Oh, the tomb is empty. Now, now normally empty, empty stadiums mean nothing is going on. Empty restaurants mean no food is being served. Empty stores mean no money is being exchanged. But the empty tomb is different than all the rest of them. The empty tomb means something's happening. <laughs> The empty tomb is a reminder that God is moving. <laughs> the empty tomb is a reminder that God's power is on display. Even before you see the body of Jesus uh, in his resurrected form, uh, the empty tomb reminds you God has done something. Uh, I might not be sure what it is yet, uh, but the empty tomb says God has done something. Uh, and I want to tell you, uh, as you're watching uh, by whatever means you are, uh, I want to let you know God has done something. Uh, you might not see it yet, uh, but God has done something. He's already moved for you. He's already answered your prayer. He's already done what you need him to do. You might not, oh God, I feel like preaching. You might not need it and see it right now, but God has already done something. If you believe it, throw up your head where you are and say, yes, Lord. The tomb is empty, but our hearts are full. <laughs> the tomb is empty, but our spirits are full. The tomb is empty, but our faith is full. Because when I see the empty tomb, I'm reminded that the devil did not win. I'm reminded that somehow God has given me a supernatural victory. <laughs> When I see the empty tomb, my heart is full. 
My spirit is full. My faith is full because I understand that there is power at work in my life and in my situation. Oh, my God, my faith is full. I said my faith. One great hymn writer said my faith has found a resting place. Not in device or creed. I trust the ever living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It, 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 it is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. And the empty tomb reminds me that he not only died, but he also got up. He not only laid down, but he arose. He arose. He arose with all power. He arose with all authority. He arose. And because he got up, I can praise him. And I no longer have to be afraid of death. Death might come, but just assure as death comes, the empty tomb reminds me there's a new life coming. After death, I might cross through this Jordan, but even if I cross through Jordan, there's life on the other side. It's called eternal life. Somebody shout, yeah! Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all, y'all ain't here. Y'all ain't. Y'all ain't here, but I tell you, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm getting ready to close. I'm getting ready to close. To the unbeliever, the empty tomb is questions, brings anxiety, and brings doubt. Because the unbeliever can't wrap their brain. Two things the unbeliever cannot wrap their brain around. One is the virgin birth. And two is the empty tomb. Unbelievers can't, even if they say Jesus was a good man, they say, yeah, 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 but, some, but Joseph was his father. Or somebody had, they, they can't wrap their brain around the virgin birth. And the second thing, they, they can wrap their brain around his death because they've seen people die. But they cannot wrap their brain around the empty tomb because the empty tomb, it causes them anxiety. What, what, it causes them questions and doubt. But to the believer, to the believer, the empty tomb gives us possibility. When we see the empty tomb, we see the possibility of what God can do. When we see the empty tomb, we see hope. When we see the empty tomb, we see God's power. When we see the empty tomb, we see the fact that nothing is impossible for God. What brings the unbeliever anxiety brings the believer faith brings the believer joy, brings the believer hope that I can look at the empty tomb and say, if he can do that, then he can do this. Oh God, talk to me, Jesus. If, if, if he can do that, he can heal your loved one. If he can do that, he can fix your finances. If he can do that, he can turn your situation around. If he can do that, then he's got the power. That's what the empty tomb says to us. That's what the empty tomb says to us. And finally, I close with this. His death secured your past, but his resurrection and the empty tomb secures your future. That's a shouting point right there. Listen, listen. His death, his death secured your past because 
your sins were forgiven because he died. So when he died, he took care of your past and your sins and your mess and your foolishness. All of that was taken care of when he died. But when he got up from the grave, he secured your future. He secured your eternal life. Oh, my God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because his resurrection secured the fact that you now have a hope. What do you mean, Douglas? Well, you see, he, when he died, when he died, he did not, he died for all of our sins. And when he got up, he got up for all of our lives. You see, Jesus could have gotten up and the resurrection could have been limited to him. But he got up and he is given to all of us that believe. All of us that believe. He has given it to us. It, he did not keep it for himself because he could have gotten up and been the only one. But the Bible says he is the first fruit. Oh, Jesus, let me shout one time. He's the first fruit. If there's a first, there's got to be a second. If there's a first, there's got to be a third. If there's a first. And so when Jesus got up as the first fruit of this new resurrection, he then imputes to all of us that we are going to get up to. And the empty tomb tells us that not only did he get up, but we going to get up. So like the songwriter says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know, I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living. And eternal life is worth the having. Just because he lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm done. Whew. I'm done. I want to remind you, the tomb is empty. And because the tomb is empty, we can rejoice. Because the tomb is empty, we understand that we have hope for tomorrow. That no matter what happens, I, I said this on Friday, let me say it again. I have lost friends and we have lost loved ones and colleagues and, and, and it is extremely difficult when you lose them. But I want to remind you that those that died in the Lord are not hopeless. Yes, our heart breaks. We will not be able to speak to them again on this side. But I want to remind you that the hope of the believer is that death is not the end. That those that have passed and we are heartbroken, we are heartbroken, we are heartbroken. But even if they have passed, we know we will see them again on the other side. Because the empty tomb tells us that one day their graves are going to be empty. One day, the Bible says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. You work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This holiday, there's zero fees to switch. Right now, get high-speed data for just 25 bucks a line for four lines. That's Metro's lowest price, period. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Metro by T-Mobile. 
empowering you to rule your holiday. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com.